to the lightning round. Welcome. Well, hello. It is, it's still week 49 of the quadrennial Hunger Games. Jackoff is still in office. Botox Pelosi still in charge of the House. <clears throat> Crying Chuck still in charge of the Senate. Had an interesting show midweek on preparedness. Uh, and I was, <laughs> I was watching it back. And you know what I forgot to tell you? Was that if you get the freeze dryer and uh, you use that, the, the freeze drying method is good for 20 to 25 years. Uh, the Harvest Right website touts 25 years, uh, which is in line with the freeze dried uh, products you can get from My Patriot Supply. So uh, there you go. I forgot to mention that. I told you about all the other ones and their durations, but I forgot that part. So, uh, so the the weekend show is dedicated. I, you know, we started calling it a couple. I don't know, a while ago, we started referring to the weekend show as uh, the Jackassery Minute, and it was related to all things uh, political and related to the. The moron in the in the in in the White House. Um, oddly enough, um, I'm having trouble with my Wi-Fi router, but it doesn't doesn't affect my ability to record or go in and edit video and all that. But this this is one of the reasons why I print hard copies, old school. <coughs> so the first thing I want to talk to you about is a lovely little article. Two years too late. But Georgia is now going in and uh, reviewing some of the, they're probing some of the ballot harvesting. And this came from uh, Breitbart. Uh, I actually found it on, on social media, scrolling around and goofing off, watching Instagram reels and dumb stuff like that. But apparently the Georgia Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, 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 uh, he announced on uh, Tuesday that he was going to go in and do a review of the ballot harvesting that took place during the 2020 election. Um, so Trump lost Georgia by 12,000 votes. Um, they certified the vote, um, but they have digital data of 242 people making visits to drop boxes to dump mail-in ballots with about 40% of the trips occurring between midnight and 5 a.m. Um, so I'm not 100% certain on this, but I'm pretty sure polls close at 7.30, 8 o'clock, that time frame, uh, in, in every state. And so I don't understand why the ballot harvesting boxes were still out in the public. For somebody to go do this, but apparently a group called the True the Vote uh, has evidence that includes phone data correlated with video that shows individuals dropping ballots at 5,662 ballot drops during the 2020 pandemic. 
Breitbart reported on a True the Vote document in August. So basically, what they're saying here is that uh, what the document says is that True the Vote was able to take cell phone ping data on a mass-wide scale and piece together that several people, suspected ballot harvesters, were making multiple trips to multiple drop boxes, raising potential legal questions in a number of these states. So it's not just Georgia. All right, we're talking Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Arizona. You Are you following along? All the states that were basically stolen with illegal votes. Votes from dead people. Votes from people that didn't live in that state. Votes with people that didn't have a valid ID. All of the things that are supposed to ensure that we have a, a legal and secure election, all of those laws were violated by each of those secretaries of state. They were changing the voting regs and laws on the fly in the middle of all of this pandemic BS that they thrust upon us in their quest to get rid of one man. One. They hated him that much. Oh, you'll love this. Okay, that's that's enough of the ballot harvesting. You get the point. It's all bullshit. It was rigged. They stole the election. You know they stole the election. I don't care if it was, you know, Trump that they stole the election from. It's the principle of the matter. If they can do this to one guy who went against their new world order, which, by the way, you're seeing evidence of now, okay? You've got Scandinavian countries um, going out and, and running tests and creating little, little microchips to slide in right here, you know, that can read your VAC status. It can read your healthcare information. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're experimenting with how many lines of code they can put into the little microchip so that they can get as much data on you with simply just with an RF scanner. Boop, boop. Okay, I know every single thing about you. That's scary as hell. Then you've got Australia. You want to know what America looks like when the gun grabbers win? Look at Australia. If you're designated as a close contact... For somebody in Arizona or um, uh, Australia, they come to your house with automatic weapons and haul you out of your house, whether you want it or not, and then they throw you into an internment camp for two weeks just because you were a close contact. Not because you tested positive, but because you might test positive. They throw your ass in a, in a detention center. And you stay there for two weeks. That sounds like freedom, doesn't it? <coughs> or you look at the Constitution of Germany. Their Fifth Amendment, our First Amendment, is freedom of speech. Their Fifth Amendment is supposed to be freedom of speech. But if you tell somebody in Germany, in my opinion, you're a dick. F off. That's considered hate speech. The Constitution doesn't apply, and they will haul you into court, and if you don't play nice in court, you get time in the joint. If I'm lying, I'm dying, go look it up! That's the kind of crap that the New World Order, and they want complete compliance. 
They want sheep. They want people to do what they tell them when they tell them to do it. If they say jump, your answer is how high? That is not living. That is not freedom. That is not anything that I grew up believing in or that I was raised on. And probably if you're watching this show and you're on the Contra Radio Network, you probably believe, probably believe the same thing. And oh, by the way, right there, that's my trusty co-worker, Maggie. She comes to work with me every day, and that's her little chair. That's where she sits. She doesn't even want to pick her head up right now. So, but, so you've got all of these investigations in these states that had problems with their elections. And where were they from November until January 20th when Jackoff was installed in the White House? Where, where was all of this before? Why, why are they two years later? Why are they doing, why, why is it, why now? What, you know, what took so long to gather the, gather this evidence? I mean, hell, they had videotaped evidence from Atlanta, Fulton County. People pulling huge boxes, huge boxes out from under tables. Okay, let's go count these now. And every one of them was for Biden. I mean, that's statistically impossible. But yet, there they are. And if you don't think that this New World Order crap isn't real, I'll, I'll give you evidence. They kicked the sitting president off of social media because they don't like what he said. And then you got George, dumbass, Clinton killing Stephanopoulos. He's on TV saying, well... You know, this January 6th insurrection. It wasn't an insurrection. It was, if any, if, at best, it was a riot. People were pissed off. They knew the election had been stolen. And we're seeing evidence of that now. They knew it was stolen. And they did not want that vote certified because of that. So some people took a sightseeing tour. They collected some souvenirs. I'm not downplaying what happened. But it was not an insurrection. But then you have George Stephanopoulos going on TV saying, well, you know, this whole insurrection thing, this is all just, you know, all of these people being arrested. This is just a Republican problem. Really, George? <sighs> really? There were over 200 people arrested at Trump's inauguration in 2016. Or 2017, actually. 200 people arrested. They did millions and millions and millions of dollars worth of damage. And then they proceeded to have a four-year temper tantrum, which actually has not ended. They're still fomenting about Trump. And he hasn't been in office for a year. What, what does that tell you? So they kick him off social media. They don't like what he has to say. Now they're blacklisting and banning other members of Congress which, by the way, are only Republicans. And uh, some of the ones that they're banning have reported federal statistics from federal reports, like this Marjorie Green person. She got booted off of there, and she was reporting statistics from a federal report. But they didn't like the results of the report, so psh, you're done. 
That's too many violations of our community guidelines. Community guidelines is a euphemism for if we don't like what you say, it's considered hate speech, so therefore you are banned. Community guidelines are bullshit. But I digress. We're now seeing reporting that there are financial incentives for hospitals to produce results indicating that even if you went to the hospital with a sprained knee that swelled up like a grapefruit, that's why you're there. You're not there because you're having issues with COVID. But if you go to the hospital for something totally non-COVID related, a knife wound, a gunshot, a broken arm, doesn't matter. If you go, they're testing you from co for COVID. And if you test positive, financial incentive, government pays them. No lie. It's like three grand. They get another financial incentive if they have to put you on a respirator. Whether you want it or need it or not. If they go through the process, and, and you may very well need the respirator, but you get financial paydays, for these hospitals for testing positive, for going on a respirator. They also get paid out uh, if you die, whether it's COVID related or not. If you test positive for COVID upon your death, they get another kickback. All told, it's reading like they get up to $30,000 in incentives for each person that they can progress through these stages. A positive test, a respirator, death. That's bullshit. And oh, for the fun of it, these pharmaceutical companies have, as of January 1st, they raised all of the rates for all, a lot of these medications that people are desperate for. People that have uh, seizures and convulsions. People that have diabetes. People that have AIDS. All of these medications, they just went through the damn roof. Uh, I, I don't trust a single member of Congress as far as I can throw them. And it, it's just, it's pathetic. It's just pathetic. We're going to take a break. I'll be right back. And now we pause for some shameless self-promotion. If you like post-apocalyptic, dystopian, and preparedness fiction as much as I like writing it, or you just like the show and are curious as to how creative and fertile my mind can be, then pick up a copy of my five-part fictional series today. In a nutshell, over the course of When Rome Stumbles, Hannibal is at the gates, by the dawn's early light, colder weather, and a time for reckoning, I crash the big ag and financial industries, unleash some jihadists and the EMP, then spent 20 years trying to evade a socialist dictator. You can get all five parts in electronic format from my overlords on Amazon for 20 bucks. Paperback pricing is set to Amazon minimums based on page count, so I can't help you there. But for the bibliophiles out there, each part of the series averages about 15 bucks. But what if you don't have time to sit and read? Fear not, I've got you covered too. Parts 1 through 4 are currently available in audio format, and Part 5 will be in audio format by summer 2022. <laughs> if, if the narrator doesn't quit before then. Audio pricing is set to Amazon minimums based on recorded finished product length. 
But I have freebie codes for the audio versions. So shoot me an email at djkpublishinghouse at gmail.com to get your freebie codes. Don't wait. Go get a copy of each part of this exciting and action-packed series today. You will not be disappointed. And now, back to the show. Alright, we're back. Okay, so, um, a couple things. I was kind of all over the place in that first little segment, but, <coughs> I haven't recorded a show in a while. But, because I have switched to video, um, <laughs> you win because I have to keep them under 30 minutes in order to keep the file size down. So, <laughs> well, I gotta, I gotta be more on point. So I'm trying to do that. Um, but you're gonna love this, right? So, a the reason why the Democrats are keep pu- they keep pushing this insurrection narrative is because they have in their uh, closet of horrors a lawyer. And the lawyer's name is Mark Elias. And he is one of the more prominent Democratic lawyers, or Democrat lawyers. He's a former partner at Perkins Coie, which we all know was the Hillary Clinton law firm of choice for her failed presidential bid that helped propagate the, the falsely uh, written, the, the bogus, the crap, steel dossier. <laughs> but anyway, they brought out their hired gun, and now he is targeting Republicans that are going for re-election in 2022 and or seeking their first election uh, win for the House and Senate. And you know what he's using? Because they keep pushing the narrative. They keep saying insurrection, insurrection, insurrection. They're trying to bombard you with that term. Because they want to use Section 3 of the 14th Amendment to stop Republicans from being sworn in and taking their seats in the House and Senate. Now, and I got this little article, I printed it just so I could get the words right. Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, which was passed during the post-Civil War Reconstruction period, was designed to prevent office holders under the former Confederate States of America from serving in the United States Congress. It states that, quote, no person shall be a senator or representative in Congress who shall have engaged in insurrection, that's why they keep using the term insurrection, or rebellion against the United States. Huh. I wonder why they keep using it. Well, there you go. So that's what he's, that's his goal. He's going to be bringing lawsuits. That's why the, uh, the bullshit January 6th commission that Botox Pelosi has been putting together. Well, they're supposed to come out with their magical report and tell us what happened. We know what happened. We know what happened. And you're lying about all of it. It feels like the Rittenhouse trial all over again. They don't want you to know facts. They want you to know 
their agenda and their narrative and their nomenclature or terminology like insurrection. Bullshit. Don't believe it. But that's what they're trying to do. That's why they're pushing it. They want to keep people from taking office that are in any way connected to uh, the January 6th. Uh, let's, I'm going to call them riots because it was not an insurrection. They didn't try to overthrow the presidency. They didn't try to overthrow any members of Congress. That's an insurrection. That would be like coup. That would be a coup. But no, they simply said, we don't believe the election results and we don't think you should certify those results and you guys need to be investigating that because there were too many discrepancies like we're seeing in Georgia now. Technology is a wonderful thing to an extent, but these people at True the Vote have actually managed to use it for some good because they're able to track people, which, hey, if you're going to agree to the terms and conditions with Apple or with uh, the, the Samsung phones, the Google phones, Verizon, T-Mobile, you know, whomever, you got your phone, your cell phone service through. If it's got GPS capability, they can track you. And True the Vote was able to do it. And so Georgia's looking like they got a big honking problem. Speaking of problems, this is my last bit for the for today's show. Uh, we have I have two things. One, um, the the chair of the FDIC has quit basically resigned and when she resigned she resigned her stated reason for resigning was that there are so many democrats within the fdic that they basically initiated a coup of their own in a hostile takeover of the fdic so that they can manipulate the financial markets they want to take total control and she's spelling it out. Uh, Jelena McWilliams. She was a, a Trump appointee. And she said, Throughout my tenure, the agency has focused on its fundamental mission to maintain and instill confidence in our banking system while at the same time promoting innovation, strengthening financial inclusion, improving transparency, and supporting community banks and minority depository institutions, including through the creation of the mission-driven bank fund bank fund. She did not provide a direct reason in her letter to the president. However, she previously published a December op-ed in which she described a hostile takeover of the 20 chairmen who preceded me at the FDIC, nine faced the majority of the board members from the opposing party, uh, including Mr. Grunberg as chairman under President Trump until I replaced him in 2018. Never before has a majority of the board attempted to circumvent the chairman to pursue their own agenda. So when you have a president with an agenda and part of that agenda is greater taxation and they want to look at your fund transfers using things like PayPal and Venmo um, to track if you've used more than if you've taken in more than $1,600, well, that's taxable income. Bullshit. Bullshit. I bought a bunch of stuff for my kids. They outgrew it. It's still in good shape. I sold it 
on uh, Facebook Marketplace or so, you know, Craigslist, wherever, okay? And then the people paid me for the goods that I was selling that I already bought, that I already paid tax on, they paid me via Venmo. But because I sold more than $600 worth of stuff over the course of a 12-month calendar year, now that they're saying that's they, they should be able to tax that. That's income. And you wonder why the Democrats want a hostile takeover. They want to do all the stuff that they can possibly do and get as many sleeper agents into these financial institutions at the federal level and at the banking level so that they can push through this agenda and they can convince consumers and bank shareholders that this is a good idea. This is not a good idea. This is an invasion of privacy and you're not allowed to tax stuff without our approval. But they're going to push it through. Oh, and speaking of approval, Joe Manchin, he's still saying Build Back Better's dead. I'm, there's nothing that you have changed that is going to make me vote for this. So you know what members of Congress have said? The Democrats, they've said, well, one man shouldn't be able to hold all this up. Mr. President, you should issue an executive order and just do it anyway. Really? Um, I'm going to go with that's highly illegal. And against the law, you can't do that. But as we've seen with past presidents, executive orders are being taken as law. Which they should not. It's crap. That is not how you lead. That is not how you instill confidence in the executive branch or the legislative branch. Total, total crap. The reason I bring up the, the hostile takeover of the FDIC by Democrats pursuing their own agenda, it ties back to the numbnut administration, but you take that and you start reading articles about a Chinese company called Evergrande. And basically Evergrande is uh, a, a development company, a housing and, and uh, uh, real estate developer, I guess is a better term for it. Um, they're on the brink of collapse. It's a Chinese company that is actually too big to fail. And they're going through the process of restructuring, but that company has assets worth billions. And if that Chinese real estate developer goes under, they're saying it's so big that it would trigger another financial crisis. So let me get this straight. You hate Trump. You spent four years trying to get rid of Trump. You impeached him twice. You're blaming him for an insurrection. You unleash a genetically mutated virus on the world to shut down the planet just to get rid of the guy you didn't like. You've got people going into financial institutions at the federal level and in the private sector that want to tax you. And now you've got another Chinese connection with a, a real estate developer that is on the brink of collapse that could ruin the financial markets again, like we saw in 08 and 09.
No. There's no New World Order. In... Nope, there's no cabal here. I mean, granted, I could be off my meds. I could be off my rocker. But you start looking at these things sequentially. This happened, and this happened, and this happened, and this happened, and this happened. And then you start looking at the results of all of those things that had happened. I had to send an email to my employer uh, to tell them that I was COVID positive. And they said, oh, well, that's, we're sorry to hear that, but we're, you know, because I gave them some details. I was like, look, I just got a cough. I don't, I don't have any, any real issues here. And they sent back an, a nice email. They said, well, we're glad you're on demand. Um, oh, by the way, had you been in any of the corporate offices uh, or at client sites or whatever? And I replied back. <laughs> and I replied back with the following. I have not been in a corporate office in 22 months. 22 months. So when I say they did everything they could and they even tried shutting down the planet... I'm speaking from experience. I'm at home. My wife thinks she needs to set up play dates for me so I can be more sociable because I dig to talk to you. I play on my computer. I do my work over here. Play dates. That's all those were her words. Dave, you need some play dates. We, we need to socialize you again. <laughs> And I also said, I had not been to a client site in that same amount of time. And uh, I had only seen one co-worker in that time. I've seen him twice because I bought some stuff and shipped it to his house so my wife wouldn't find out about it. Hey, you do what you got to do, man. Do what you got to do. Um, but we got together for lunch. You know, I, I, I bought some stuff and he was, you know, we met halfway. He lives uh, very wisely. He lives outside of Franklin County. He lives outside of the Outer Belt, out of, out of Columbus. He lives in a more rural county. I'm quite jealous of this fact. But that's the show, okay? You got to see Dave. That's why we're here. That's why, that's why these, 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 these uh, podcasters like myself, we, you know, it's our job. This is, we put this stuff together. We say, oh, well, wait, 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 wait. I did a show about X and X connects to Y and Y connects to Z. And hey, wait a minute. You know, New World Order is not, it's not the greatest term, but it's a term most everybody understands. And basically it's synonymous with socialism, government control. So New World Order it is. That's the show. Um, uh, the midweek show next week, we're going to talk about um, how my wife has come around to uh, preparedness in her own way, sort of, kind of, in her own time. Um, and, and that became more evident when she and I were stuck quarantined together in the basement. <laughs> so I'm going to talk about that. Um, and, uh, we'll talk about some other things. Uh, I've, I've been doing some reading. I've been, you know, some, I, I love winter. Okay. Cause winter allows me to assess 
And so we're gonna we're gonna talk about some of that stuff. So um, I hope you enjoyed it. That's the show for this week. I still don't have a tagline. Sorry, Jeff. Um, but um, stay safe. Stay warm. It's negative one here yesterday and tonight, and we're expecting snow, so that'll be fun. Uh, we've got wind chills and the negatives. Welcome to Ohio, baby. Um, yeah, that's it. Still don't have a tagline. So stay safe and be good. I'm out. Happy Hunger Games. And may the odds be ever in your favor. Mm -hmm.